Welcome back to episode two of Veg Head Speaks. This is Robin Wong, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining me again. I had some wonderful feedback from uh, my listeners about topics they would like to hear about, and I will get to many of those. Um, one of the prevalent one I had was, what do I actually do? I mean, how do I actually start? So that's what I'd like to talk about today, because you can't really get on this journey until you sort of you know, have a, um, a foundation. I kind of jumped in with both feet and just sort of started treading water, trying to figure it out and made many mistakes. Um, one of which is I tried a green smoothie with a lots of parsley and with my children, I have still not lived that down that it was so awful. They've been forever turned off to green smoothies. Um, so what I had to do is any smoothie I'd make for them would be pink but of course, then I would add spinach or other mild tasting vegetables that didn't change the flavor so much. That, so they'd soak up their vegetables in, along with their fruit. And so I had to kind of sneak them in because if it was green, they would not drink it. It could be, it's so delicious, but that first one turned them off. So I want to encourage you, just because you try it once, keep trying other recipes because you may eventually find something you really like. And uh, instead of just writing it off and saying, oh, it'll, it'll never work. Um, I'm still trying that with the green smoothies, but now they're out of the house. I don't know what the kids are, if they're eating, drinking them or not. But I, I, that is one thing I, I did not do well on. So I would encourage you to um, look for a good recipe before you try that. But uh, one of my listeners basically said, you know, I just am kind of floundering of where to start. So let's talk about that. So you have a pantry or wherever you keep your food and whatever your favorite stuff in the, is in there now, you can start there by reading those labels, going in and saying, hey, what's, what is actually in this food? And we talked last episode about being mindful, and it's really about just being mindful of what you're eating of, uh, you know, I really like this food. And oh, yeah, look at the ingredients. If you look on the back and it's like, you know, a lot of ingredients you can't um, pronounce or if it has a food label I mean most the best foods you could eat would be the whole foods that don't actually have a food label <laughs> but you know in today's society and people are in busy life and they can't always prepare those whole foods so I know you turn to um, uh, prepared foods and that's you know just that's fine let's just figure out a way to make better choices in the, in, in that realm so you can start with your own pantry kind of read through uh, the, those labels and see does it have um, milk in it in those boxes and and packages and say and, and milk comes in many different terms so often it'll, it will say milk it may say uh, casein it's c-a-s-e-i-n uh, which is a milk is milk uh, it's a protein for milk um, it may say whey w-h-u-y and Whey is also another term for milk. Uh, you might see lactose. You might see a derivative of casein. Uh, those are all terms that are used um, for milk. And as, as a plant-based eater, I avoid those things. Um, and as well as the, the more obvious things with milk is, you know, uh, cheese. I, many people I talk to, cheese is like the one thing they don't think they can give up. And that's fine. Um, I would just encourage you, if that's truly the, the, the case, 
then just try to use less and maybe use less of it um, on a less regular basis. So because cheese is really high in fat and if um, calorie intake is an issue for you, um, it's adding a lot of um, added calories. So you could cut that down and still get the flavor you're looking for by using less. I'd encourage you to use none. But if you're getting to that point and you're in that process, find what works for you. That's what we're trying to do. So um, cheese is a biggie. Uh, yogurt's another big thing. Uh, I don't particularly find yogurt especially filling. Um, and so I actually occasionally will uh, purchase the soy yogurt and I will add some um, homemade granola into it just because I think it gives it a little more um, fiber and it sticks me a little longer. But um, so the soy yogurts are uh, an option. Again, they're, they're kind of sometimes high sugar. So if you're avoiding sugar, you might want to look at that. Uh, the other things, other milk products are ice cream and pudding and sour cream, butter. Uh, if you're into Indian food, they use ghee, which is um, a clarified butter that is, you know, butter. So uh, it Indian food uses a lot of wonderful vegetables and that sort of, you know, grains. But if it's cooked in the ghee, it kind of, you know, defeats the purpose a little bit. Is it better to eat the vegetables? Probably. It'd be better to eat them without the ghee. But if you, that's the only way you're going to eat them, then I'm glad you're eating vegetables. Um, so those are the kind of the dairy products. So you can start looking at your products because many of them have milk in them. Um, if you have anything that has maybe a flavored chip, potato chip, probably has some sort of milk. Um, a lot of crackers have milk in them. Uh, peanut butter crackers uh, have milk in them. My kids used to eat those. And when I read the label finally and went, oh, huh, look at that. It's got milk in it. Um, so you know, they became um, no longer, you know, obsolete, so to speak, in my house. So uh, that's, that's it for dairy. I mean, uh, dairy is a pretty big category and you have some pretty good options to substitute that with. You can substitute your dairy with um, rice. There's a lot of good milks, rice milk, almond milk, um, soy milk, uh, some flavors people prefer more than others. Uh, I find Soy milk kind of thick and uh, often uh, sort of sweet, and sometimes it's sweetened. Um, you can, in recipes, you can dilute it, and it's a, a straight one cup to one cup for milk to, you know, these other milks. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of good options, and it's just a matter of trying many different things. So if you had the opportunity to try it in smaller quantities before you actually go and buy a carton of it, that would be better. Maybe you have a friend that uses it or something. I I personally don't actually just drink a glass of milk. Um, I usually would use it on uh, my granola cereal or my oatmeal uh, in something, and and so that's kind of how I take in uh, those, those sort of milks. Um, Another uh, place would be that many people drink coffee lattes or something like that that would have a milk. And you could, sub and I know a lot of places now substitute out soy and almond milk. So that's kind of a nice uh, option. Uh, you know, the, the biggie, uh, of course, I, I should have started there was is, is meats. And I think those are the easiest to and the most identifiable for people. 
Uh, when you think vegan or vegetarian, you think, oh, they don't eat meat. That's a really easy one. And it's easy to identify what products have meat in them most, you know, usually. Uh, and in the case of plant-based, meat is um, red meat, poultry, that's chicken and turkey, um, Cornish game hens, all, all those sort of birds. And then you have uh, pork, also a meat, and uh, fish. Fish is included. So, and there's a lot of debate about that, whether, you know, you should eat fish or not eat fish. And, um, you know, we don't. So, and uh, that's just one of the things we don't eat. We don't eat meat at all. So, um, if you're trying to cut down and you can't go cold turkey, so to speak, uh, you know, smaller portions are okay. Go a meatless Monday or two days a week and give that a go and see how it works and see how, you know, putting um, in, in place of that big piece of meat, putting in, you know, some beans or lentils or peas or some other legume um, that has protein because, of course, you we need to eat some protein. It's more filling and um, it just tastes good. And so see how that goes. And maybe maybe the way you use your meat, if you can't give it up completely, is um, kind of how they used to in the old days, more so because meat wasn't as readily available or affordable, is they would have a, a small piece of meat and they would cut it up and use it as flavoring in a dish because then it stretched it for the whole family to have. So, you know, that you, you had beans and you had like a ham hock in it or something, uh, you know, maybe it would give it the flavor that you, you crave, um, but you're ingesting less. And so that would be an okay alternative. Um, of course, my um, bias is you know, no meat at all and no animal proteins at all. But I understand um, trying to get there is a different path for everybody. So in that case, I'm trying to give you options that's going to work with your life. And again, I, I want to reiterate any step you make in the direction of being mindful and making changes of eating less animal protein, it has a positive effect. So uh, I, I would encourage you to, you know, try it. Just make an experiment out of it. Um, try it for the 21 days and see how you feel. See if you feel any different. See if you really do miss those things. Uh, what what I found is um, I really didn't. As as time went on and my taste buds changed, when I stopped eating uh, the oils and I stopped eating uh, the meat, that over time, uh, my taste buds change. So now when I go back and eat something that's been cooked in an oil, uh, it's super uh, greasy. And I don't actually taste the food so much. And, and anything I eat out is super salty. So when you don't use a lot of salt, when you go back and use salt, it often is many things that aren't prepared by yourself is, is over salted. So um, and that's a topic I'll touch on later of how you can, um, and probably another episode, is how you can uh, substitute salt because many people really enjoy having salt and um, rely on it too much, I think, um, when they could be using other herbs. But it's really a desensitization, sorry about that, desensitization um, that happens when with salt is that you, the more you eat, the more you need to 
kind of keep having that flavor and so it becomes this large amount so if you start it's going to be bland at first believe me it is but it the transition happens pretty fast so you got to kind of tough that out and get through it but that's my little my little snippet and kind of offshoot on uh on salt um so meats we avoid and those are easy to to spot I, I'm often really disappointed when I go to a restaurant um, and think, oh, I'll just get a salad. And you look at the menu. And next time you go to a restaurant, if you eat out, look at this. I don't do it very often, but sometimes you don't, you have to, or I have to. And you always have a salad and you look and every salad on the menu has meat and cheese in it. And they'll throw in some croutons and then, and then like a really high fat um, mayonnaise milk based dressing. And you're like, okay. And so then you have to literally ask, and, and I do, is there any way I can just get some lettuce and tomatoes and maybe a vinegar? And they, they're, they're willing to, they're often willing to accommodate you, um, but they're just sort of, they don't think you're going to like it. They're like, really? That's kind of what you want? I mean, and it's like, yes, it's exactly what I want. And the, you're getting more educated uh servers now that are more accommodating and can make suggestions that you can substitute stuff in, which is really great. And uh, that they'll make your salad have, you know, more, be more filling, maybe some black beans or something like that, that, um, you know, you end up enjoying your meal more, but I, you know, you don't, just because it's on the menu that way, doesn't mean you have to actually order that and eat that. Just ask. Just ask because people, they want you to enjoy your meals for the most part. And that's what, why you come back. And so they will help you um, to say, hey, I'm just trying to, to avoid meat and cheese. And what else do you have to offer? Um, and usually the server will be, will be very gracious and be willing to help you. Um, it's, just, it's just asking. And I think so often we just go, oh, I'll just order what's on here. It's too much trouble. It's not your pain and, and they want you to be happy. And, and, you know, so ask for what you want and then they can say no. And then you got to kind of go to plan B, which is, huh, I guess I'll have, I guess I'll have a, you know, an appetizer of, uh, you know, you know, celery and carrots or something. I don't know, but, um, but just ask. So I encourage you to do that. So we've done meat and dairy and, you know, then it comes down to eggs and uh, eggs are really in so many things. And many people really enjoy eggs as their breakfast food. And, you know, I understand that. And people now are saying, oh, there's research that says cholesterol's not so bad. And, and research goes either way. You can always find research to back up what you want it to back up, it seems like. And then look at the actual research is what I've been doing in grad school for the last year. Um, look at the actual re research, read it and see what the limitations were, what were they actually measuring and, and was it really significant or not significant? And, and then if it's almost significant, even you'll get these headlines that are just blown out of proportion and you're like, that's not really, you know, what it said. And it was a little inconclusive, incon yet they're still touting that it says this thing that the media, you know, blows it up. And that's kind of what people want to hear. They want to hear that they can still eat eggs or eat red meat because or saturated fats. Okay. That's the biggest one. Um, and if you question that, um, or 
you know, people don't want to want that to be true, so they don't want to question it. But if you question it and go back and actually read the research, you'll realize that, yeah, you know, the original research that found that stuff wasn't good for your heart still sort of solid and stands. And um, the most recent stuff is trying to call it into question, but it's not that strong of evidence. So, um, so don't always believe what you you read. And uh, you know, I. Uh, would encourage you if you can't give up eggs, then do less. Again, just do less. And um, but be aware that you might be eating an egg a day. You know that you cook in the morning, maybe you, or a hard-boiled egg you'd like at lunch or whatever. But when you start looking at the other products that have eggs in them or milk in them, or even you know you eat that salad that has meat in it, you know when you look at the amount and the the frequency, I think you'll be really surprised at how much you consume. You actually are consuming more than you think and because it's sort of hidden. It's not your main um, uh, food item. So you think, oh, I had a salad at lunch and oh yeah, it did have a little bit of chicken in it. Well, if you were to pull all that chicken off and kind of weigh it or look and see how much was it actually, it, it might have been quite a bit, could have been a whole chicken breast. And then you have another chicken breast at dinner or whatever. And you're way above your um, dietary, you know, um, needs for that day in, in protein. And then you have saturated fat on top of it. So, um, you know, I just think the more you become mindful and start looking at stuff, I think the more you'll realize that, wow, yeah, this is actually there's more you know, I'm eating more than I think. And same thing with serving sizes. I'm eating more than I think. But what I can tell you is that if you're eating a truly plant-based diet where you've cut out the added oils and you're, you know, you're eating no dairy and no meat and you're eating a lot of fresh vegetables and whole grains and fresh fruits and portion size is not an issue. You can eat and eat and eat. And I'm talking eating full on potatoes and because people think those are fattening and, and you know, um, I'm having big servings of quinoa and but it's with a ton of vegetables on it, too. And and so you can eat a lot more because the it's um, uh, calorically um, less and nutrient dense versus the higher calorie foods um, that, you know, often the Western diet um uh, offers. So those are the, 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 th- the four, one, two, three, four main things, including oil that I personally avoid. And um, the added oil, the question I get most about that is, but how do you cook your vegetables? And do you saute? It's like, yeah, I saute in water or I saute in um, a vegetable broth. And you can either buy the low sodium vegetable broth. It gets a little pricey um, or you can make your own just with, you know, you can Google it and look it up and you throw in some, you know, just got to boil stuff for a while and not just save it in the fridge. Um, It's like carrots and a potato and some celery and add some spices, whatever you kind of like. And you kind of just make this broth. But, um, you know, water works fine. Because you're going to start using a lot more herbs to give your spices and stuff to your foods. So, um, and I, you know, vegetables, 
I, I make a, um, I cut up some red bell peppers and yellow bell peppers and I make my own kind of burrito bowls and I add, add those bell peppers with um, red onion and I just put them in water, a very small amount of water and it kind of starts getting um, dry out a little bit more and I get them kind of, you know, a little um, brownish and they get soft and just like they would in oil, only the only difference is you really taste the peppers. And, um, and you don't have all those extra calories from oil. Um, so experiment with that, try it, see how it works for you. And, um, you know, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. It's kind of out of habit that you use the oil because that's what everything you have to cook with. And I do use, um, kind of a, um, you know, pan that does is, has the, uh, anti or the no stick like Teflon or something, and so that helps the cleanup. But um, yeah, so I don't use the oils. This is the four big things that I avoid. And um, the other question I get most frequently is what about honey? You know, it's made by an animal. And, and, and most true vegans uh, don't eat honey because it's made by an animal. And I applaud that. Um, I actually personally come from a family of a long line of beekeepers. And so, I mean, my great grandfather, my grandfather, my brother, my uncle, you know, I used to haul bees when I was young because they need a driver. And, and uh, you know, so it was pretty involved in my family and um, have a huge respect for bees. I think they've got the best work ethic ever. And I plant food for them. I plant, you know, lots of plants that they like. And uh, I do eat honey, you know, almost as a... Um, familial just obligation a little bit. I can't say I eat a lot of honey. I've never really been a huge honey lover, but occasionally if I make, um, you know, a, a whole grain biscuit or something that I decide to make and, and it just tastes better with honey on it. That's how I remember eating them as a kid. And so I, I do eat honey. So I, you know, but do what you need to do. Um, like I said, so you'll see some recipes will call for it as a sweetener. Um, they're getting more away from the honey, and um, it's a it's kind of expensive. And I would encourage you to buy California honey, but um, they use a lot of agave, a nectar, or you'll see maple syrup in recipes, or just other sweet stuff to be used um, in, in place of sugar. And um, you know that's your choice. Uh, on that note with um, baked items, baking um, plant-based is uh, and vegan is a little tricky because you don't use eggs. And if you don't use oil, um, it's a little tricky. So that's, that's the area I think most you need to, or I've had to uh, really look for recipes that I find taste good and have a, a good texture because often the texture is sort of off of what you expect a baked item to have. They're denser and either you kind of like that or you you don't. And you've got to just keep, it's trial and error, really. It's trial and error. And there's a lot of good websites out there. And once you find somebody you kind of like to follow, then, you know, stick with them. You kind of see the tr you kind of a trend of what they, how they like their products to turn out. And you can often find um, baked items you could bake. Um, so, but they don't often taste the way you may remember them. And so you're going to have to uh, 
you know, just decide is, is it worth it to have something a little denser and know it's better for me? Or you, that's the one thing that when you really want it, you have it and enjoy it and, and go, okay, I got my splurge. And, and I think you, you may find that, huh, doesn't taste that good anymore. <laughs> After your taste buds have changed, you just go, oh, it's not as satisfying as it was. Or um, it's super sweet. It's almost too sweet where you're like, oh, I can't even take it. It's so sweet. It's like, I, you know, and so it just sort of gets ruined for you um, after your taste buds change for the, on the healthier side. But um, so those are kind of the things I wanted to encourage you to do. So, you know, read your labels, uh, start getting familiar with um, what products you like, what, what they have in them. And you, you may not be able, if you're really going to go full on plant-based, you got to give those away or eat that box and then be done with it. Uh, what I did is um, we had meat in the freezer and uh, I gave it away. I did feel a little guilty because I felt like, oh, I don't want to poison myself when I'm poisoning my family and friends, but they didn't seem to care. So I gave it away and, uh, you know, pretty much cleared everything out and then got my own pantry cleared out. And then you go out into the world of the grocery store and you have these new recipes that you've found on the internet or uh, whatever website you choose to follow. And you're like, okay, now I got to find these ingredients. And they're in places you may not normally shop, you know, where you may not normally look, look in the grocery store. So it's a little longer shopping and you just have to kind of go through that learning curve a little bit and it, it will get easier. I assure you it will get easier. Um, it'll take time at first and you might have some flops with your recipes. If my kids, I'd try something new and, and we do a thumbs up or thumbs down or a sideways thumb and you start going, okay, this, this recipe's out and they ate it. They maybe didn't enjoy it so much or they would compare it to one they did like. And you would say, okay, I'm, that one's not really what I'm going to use. I'll stick with these other ones they really liked. Um, and I can tell you, um, I have found a really delicious um, uh, vegan burger that uses beans and rice and, and spices. And, uh, you know, so we, we have our hamburgers and I make homemade fries, you know, that I bake. Uh, we eat uh, lentil loaf, kind of like a meatloaf, but it's out of lentils. Um, so you can almost plant-based or veganize any recipe that you currently like. So look at, Start with looking at your current recipes and see, okay, what does it call for? Huh, can I substitute um, the milk in it with a plant-based milk? Huh, it's got cheese. Well, eh, maybe I'll just take the cheese out and see if I like it without the cheese. Oh, okay, it's got some oil. Um, I can saute it with, um, you know, water, the, the onions with water before I add them to the, the rest of the, the, the meals. So there's all these things you can do. And you, you've now lightened your recipe and made it healthier for you, but it's one of your traditional recipes. And it may not taste exactly the same, but after a few times of doing it and eating it that way, that's going to be normal for you and it's going to taste delicious. Um, you know, so you can go back to your old standbys or you can venture out and try uh, new stuff. I mean, I didn't really, uh, wasn't a huge eater of quinoa till I went plant-based and now it's like one of my favorite grains. I just, I love quinoa and I find it really versatile and um, easy to reheat, 
easy to take in lunches and um, just, and, you know, the easy substitutes are, you know, white rice to brown rice. I had to go through and I mixed them for a while because, you know, my family really liked white rice. And if, if you really like white rice and that's the only way I can get you to eat vegetables, eat the white rice. You know, I want you to eat the vegetables, so eat the white rice. Um, but I wanted to get more fiber in our diet, so I, start, I started slowly transitioning to the, to the brown rice and, and trying the quinoa. And um, so there's a, a bunch of tips. And I, I just encourage you to uh, jump in, try it, you know, give it a go. What do you have to lose? You can always go back and eat the recipes that you always have eaten. It's a couple of meals. Give it a go. A couple of weeks out of your life isn't that much. And um, you might be pleasantly surprised. And, and, and if you decide to do it and you decide to say, okay, I'm going to commit to two to three weeks. I'm going to do my best to do full-on plant-based and cut out these things that, that Robin suggested. I really want you to tune in to your body and say, how do I feel? Do I feel any different? Am I spending less time in the bathroom because I'm eating all this fiber? Uh, am I, um, you know, having more energy? Do I taste my food more when I eat it? You know, I, what are the flavors? How does it feel in your mouth? All of those things is being mindful. And it, it creates this whole experience um, that may be new for you. And, uh, you know, three weeks out of, like I said, three weeks out of your life is not that uh, big of in a long, in the big picture of a lifetime is just a, it's just a fraction of, a, a, you know, a second, you know, drop in the bucket of time um, that may, may um, add to these healthy habits that add longevity to your life. And actually in that, and as well as longevity, add, you know, um, uh, functioning your how your body functions being able to actually live your life and have a healthy healthy um well-functioning body so that's pretty much what i want to talk to you about today um please again send me your comments i appreciate them you can find me um my email address is vegheadspeaks at gmail.com uh, i have an instagram page that i'm posting kind of I'm not the best photographer, but I'm posting some of my pictures of what I eat because people are curious about that. And uh, yeah, I just got back tra from traveling and it's a challenge to travel sometimes, especially if you don't plan ahead. And so I posted a few things that I kind of did on this quick trip I, I had um, recently. And uh, or you can leave me a message on Anchor. You can leave me a voice message and I'll get it that way. I also have a Twitter account under Veghead Speaks. You can leave me a message that way. So, and a, and a Facebook page. So all those ways, everything's under Veghead Speaks. All those ways you can get a hold of me and offer me uh, your comments of how, what you want to hear about or um, what's working for you or what's not working for you. I would love to help you uh, in this process because I know you can do it. And, Wherever you are, just be mindful, maybe do something new and just make the changes, a few changes and see how that feels. Um, and I'd be, I can't wait to hear. So until next time, thanks again for listening. Bye.